House Civis Broadcasting. Hello, my name is Lady Alufi Haskell de Civis, keeper of the 26th Word and Wordsmith. And I'm your other host, Silas de Civis, Sybaris heir of House Civis. That is a mouthful. Now, Alufi, why are we doing such fancy titles today? Well, because we're going to be talking about our wonderful house. And so I thought it appropriate if we told everyone our full title. I've decided that I'm not going to use mine uh, just because I don't want to throw around titles, especially in this scenario. It doesn't seem worthwhile to anyone to brag about all the different accomplishments that we've achieved. Today is the 13th of Aerith, 997YK. And we've got a fun show. Like I said earlier, we're going to be talking about the house and all of the different facets, uh, services we provide, stuff like that. Uh, We really wanted to talk about the house because we've been given a great opportunity. As you guys know, we are switching facilities. Believe me, it's a beautiful new facility. This place feels empty. It does. It's very empty at the moment. Even Meep's is off running around doing things at the moment. I don't know if you guys can hear the echo, but without all of our equipment in here, the big chairs that we write stuff in, it's just an empty room. It is. We've got a lot of exciting stuff coming up. So uh, let's cue our intro and move on to our news. Uh, We, Of course, uh, thank you all for listening. ago, uh, we had uh, a new segment about uh, Baron Ursanus your Arctic. I may remember that. About the bear. Oh, the, on, the, the... on the lightning rail, of course. Yes. yes. Uh, I do remember. It, it seems well, like a real plight. Uh, he has officially moved here to Sharn. Oh, well, that's exciting. Yes. I'm glad that he will be keeping away bears from Sharn. I... <laughs> Well, it's actually very interesting that you say that because he recently went on a bit of, I don't want to say rampage, um, but he went to the Sharn Zoo and the Sharn Petting Zoo and purchased all of the bears. What an unusual thing. Yeah. I I can't imagine one. Maybe he... Has a soft spot for bears after he killed that bear on that train. I I mean, there was no body of the bear on the train. Well, you wouldn't keep a body on a train. I mean, you would just throw it over. You'd think that, I mean, you wouldn't want to waste it, right? I don't think anyone could eat a bear by themselves. I don't think that you'd, like, you kill something, you don't waste it. I, again, I don't think that that is always the case. Because whenever I have rat catchers in, I always, like in my house, rat catchers. To catch the rats. You, you eat the rats? No, I don't. It's always, you know, uh, the kind owners of different taverns down in the cogs. Rat is Sharn's specialty. It is indeed. You know, the other day, uh, just because you've got me thinking here, I-, I had the other day a very unusual encounter. 
very similar in nature to your rat catcher problem. One of the shops there had rushed a bunch of rats out the door trying to rid themselves of this menace that is, of course, plaguing them. And they went where rats would go, just out and moved as quickly as they could running. And they ended up going over the edge and down. And it was raining rats on the plateau where I was. And I remember being absolutely horrified because that's never happened before in any of my... I've heard that it's happened to people before, but it's never happened to me. And it's just an insane thing to think about for even the briefest of moments there. Now, the rats were absolutely fine. They, they soared through the air, but because they're lighter and because of the way that air works here, they, of course, were absolutely fine. But it was unusual to see just rat rain. That's really surprising. I would have thought they would have sprouted wings and... Turned into pigeons the way you talk about pigeons, because you say they're rats of the sky. That's not how magic works, and I, I think you know that. Rats do not turn into pigeons. People turn into pigeons? That is not true either. Where pigeons They exist. are not a thing. I have told you they're several the only times that they are not lycanthropes <laughs> that the silver flame didn't kill because they're too useful. I'm telling you that, 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 that those are carrier pigeons. They are trained they are not people they as pigeons. They are people. There's the, that's the only explanation as to how they're smart enough to deliver all of those, what are you calling them, tweets? Hey, you know, the, the Shard Inquisitive today had a great article that I was reading earlier. And hopefully it'll be something that we discuss next week when we do have the Carnathy General in from Rankinmar Academy. Members of Braylish Parliament are clamoring for a release of a War Council report contending that Carnathy maintains necro-arsenals. These necro-arsenals are somewhere within their borders and have been maintained since the signing of the Treaty of Thronehold. According to the sources within Parliament, a copy of that briefing has been in circulation amongst its members for several days. One person who's read it told the Shard Inquisitive that a band of Brayland Army veterans whose names have been redacted from the report uncovered an arsenal months ago in North Brayland while chasing down rumors of buried war gold. So I've got a question. Yes. What in the holy host is a necro-arsenal? It would be a cache of undead buried in the ground and maintained so that way later on they could bring up those forces to attack different areas. I heard that they had, like, big vaults. Uh, I have heard that they have vaults as well, but this would be them leaving caches of undead here in Brayland, as well as in other areas throughout the Five Nations, I would assume, and would immediately violate the treaty. Well, I uh, have to speak on, uh, in my opinion, Karnas behalf they've entirely stepped away from the whole necromancy thing you don't see uh, very many undead on the streets anymore at least last time i was in Karnath. i don't disagree but that is not the issue the issue is if they were stockpiling these necro arsenals in different nations that in itself is a violation of the treaty of thronehold what if uh they're not caches of undead but instead uh essentially just a mass burial site of undead braylish soldiers would that be so wrong they're interring the uh, braylish in their homeland soil well uh, according to the earlier reports as i said very brief the necro arsenals were housed within a vault built within brayland 
And from the information gathered from those who did make their way out of that vault, these type of vaults are buried in Brayland, in Undare, in Thrain, which would, again, be a direct violation. I can see that you're saying that perhaps they're undead related to something else, uh, but th that kind of organization, and I'm sure we'll hear reports of whether or not they were wearing Carnathy armor, uh, if that's the case, then then I think they may have a real issue on their hands. You know what, Silas? I understand what you're saying, and that that definitely could be an issue. But let's get away from the undead stuff, and uh, we actually got quite a handful of Luffy's Advice Corner questions. Oh, well, let's take a look at those. I'm going to read a couple of these. We, we don't have time to do all of them this week. Dear Luffy, I want to enter Morgrave University, but I have nowhere quiet to study for the tests. Do you have any advice on places where I can study? I definitely do. Um, a lot of people would probably suggest Center Bridge to you. Don't do it. That's where most of the students for Morgrave University live. I've found that a lot of the parks uh, honestly stay pretty quiet during the warmest parts of the day, which is funny because it's so cold outside. I would suggest going to a park, bringing your books, and just reading for a few moments. A few other places, uh, there's this cafe near where I live that it, it's actually really interesting. Uh, so it's a silent cafe. The entire building is under uh, like a silent zone, like a silent spell. It's, it's built into uh, the walls itself. And so you order by pointing at the menu and there's no noise. Uh, the idea is that you can taste the flavors of the food more if you are less distracted. But I find that it's the most wonderful place just to sit relax and not have to stress my ears too bad. Well, that is very interesting answers. I'll have to take a look into that cafe. Aluvi, my partner and I are arguing about the pet we should get for our new apartment. She wants a cat or a blink dog, something fluffy, but I don't want to spend all the time cleaning up all that fur. I suggested a pseudodragon, but she thinks that they're gross and scaly. Can you help me convince her that pseudo-dragons are good pets for a young family? Or, she insists, can you convince me that blink dogs and cats are better? Okay, I'm going to preface this with saying I love animals. Uh, pseudo-dragons are super cute and their snoots are just so boopable. And blink dogs, I mean, have you seen some of the House of Adalis? Like, like thoroughbred ones? Like they, they get so fluffy and poofy and adorable. You just keep them in your pocket. Uh, cats, I love cats. I don't have a cat. I am very, very allergic. But there's a cafe that I go to every once in a while um, where they have cats and blink dogs and a bunch of different animals that uh, it's kind of like a petting zoo that you just get to sit down and play with. Now, I'm going to suggest to you, split the difference. I'm not saying get half a blink dog and half a pseudo dragon, but bats, bats are definitely an option. House Vidalis, I am 100% sure, does have mage-bred bats that are obedient and sweet. They only eat fruits, and uh, they grow to be about the size of a human torso. 
they flap around. They've got cute little faces. They kind of look like foxes, honestly. And I super duper love them. Well, what interesting ideas and pets. I hope that you've helped them solve their problem. Shall we move on to the next one? Of course. So this will be our last one. I know this isn't really advice, but I have a little stall selling beef curried in the Thrain style. And I hope that being on your broadcast will help the people notice me in the bazaar. I also make some for social functions like parties or meals if anyone wants. I have a sign, Curried Beef. You can find me at the bazaar. Curry party. We should have a curry party where there we... Okay, think of it this way, Silas. Okay, close your eyes. Close your eyes, Silas. Silas. I'm closing my eyes. eyes. I'm closing my eyes. Okay, imagine it. No. Twelve pots of curry, varied in spiciness, heat, Mm. um, the vegetables and meats wherein, uh, masalas maybe, Um, and then of course uh, one pot of like a, maybe like a chocolatey sweet thing. No, Yeah, uh, all of that just sounds awful and like it would just tear me apart for days. No, but that's the whole thing. It would be so yummy. Because then you could just try a little bit of each one. And it would be a party. And then I would have to eat when I get home. No, there'd be like a bunch of rice you could eat too. Yeah, a curry party sounds like it would just be an awful, awful time on my insides. Well, I think that I'm going to, to use your service for a curry party. And I'm going to invite a bunch of people. So with that finished and us done the news and Luffy's advice, I think now would be the best time. Take a moment to talk about how Sivas. Luffy, tell us about your titles. You've earned them over time and they're both very noteworthy. So why don't you take a moment to sing your accolades into the singer here? Well, uh, if I'm entirely honest, um... Most of my titles came from who my father is. I'm not abashed to say he's a very wonderful, smart, intelligent man. And if it weren't for him, I probably wouldn't be where I am in the house right now. Now, is that entirely okay? No. Very, very nepotistic. You do have the lady title because you are a member of one of the families. Uh, yes. Um, so my father, his full title is Lord Harless Haskell de Civis Provost of the Ninth College, Unbound Scroll and Wordsmith. Uh, he transferred his title of Keeper of the 26th Word to me. Well, that is uh, a little bit nepotistic. You're absolutely right. I do feel like a lot of times, especially within the house, that it seems a lot of it is just nepotism. And that's How civis love, we love our titles. You, so tell us about wordsmith. You, you are a wordsmith. Now, for our listeners out there, a wordsmith means that they have created an idiom that is used today. What was the idiom you created? I'm really embarrassed by it. Well, I, I'm sure there's no reason. I don't have wordsmith at the end of my title, so please. If you are an adventurer, particularly of the Clifftop Guild, you have probably heard people say... Softer than a cinnamon roll, and that was my making. Now, I, I, I'm not familiar with that. What, what exactly does that mean? So when you call somebody softer than a cinnamon roll, you're essentially saying that they are sweet, 
that they are very easy to harm, but uh, you want to like protect them. Now, uh, a cinnamon roll is that a is that a? It's a breakfast dessert sweet treat breading type thing. It's like a sweet roll. Oh, it has cinnamon in the title. I was immediately going to say it's not something I would be a fan of. Oh no, no, I think that you would. Because uh, it it tastes of cinnamon, but not the thrackle spicy hot cinnamon. It's more of a, a softer, sweeter. Oh, well, then I will have to give it a try. So your father gave you the title and transferred that over to you. Mm-hmm. What does that title mean? <laughs> um, not a lot, but also everything. It essentially shows my place with regards to my peers. For example, uh, at this moment in time, I would technically be a member uh, or a, a provost or a leader, I suppose, of the broadcasting the broadca- yeah, guild, uh, which both of us are, are leaders well, of. I, I prefer not to use provost or I'm trying to in break away from some of the traditions of the yes, house. But um, let's say you did decide to go as provost and you happened to be keeper of the 14th word. Yes, we have the same title. Yes, we are in the same position, but socially, you're in a higher place than me. And and that is, I, I think... Uh, I mean, you're in a higher place regardless with your mark. But. And that is partially why I'm not a fan of the whole labeling system, is that I don't think that it reflects people directly. It just reflects the minor achievements that they've done and not always the quality of their character. I would have to agree, but also disagree. I think that titles are very important, particularly here in House Civis. So uh, before you became Keeper of the 26th Ward, what was your title then? I was honestly titleless. Uh, I was a transcriber with the Notary Guild. Uh, Now, for those who aren't familiar with the Guild, which again seems almost impossible to me, uh, we do have two main guilds, now three, uh, with the inclusion of the Broadcasting Guild. Of them, the most notable is the Speakers Guild. Now, if you have been to any of our house civis message stations, which if you're listening in, means most likely you have, those are overseen by the Speakers Guild. So the Speakers Guild is comprised of anything to do with a spoken word. Barristers fall underneath that category as well as interpreters. Uh, And then things like mediators also fall underneath that category. Now, we initially were going to fall underneath the Speaker's Guild, but after some convincing, House Civis allowed us to start our own thing and uh, try our own guild. And then, of course, the third guild, Alufi. The Notaries Guild, I worked as a notary transcribing texts brought over from Zendrick in our clifftop location. It was a lot of fun, but essentially the Notaries Guild does all of the paperwork. Um, you go through the Notaries Guild to get, you know, your marked signet rings, identification papers, letters of proxy, title deeds, traveling papers, literally anything with an house of this arcane mark on it. Sometimes I would have to do some of that work as well, uh, the arcane marking. And I got really, really good at sketching a least scribing dragon mark, because uh, that's how we mark them, just with the, the dragon mark. Oh, that is a fantastic talent to have. 
Now, let me ask you, as a notary, did you have to go through the mnemonic training uh, for, for, for our listeners? So in order to work with the speaking stone, you do have to undergo this intense training that allows you to keep the discretion of our clients. Once that message is left, it is in safe hands because once it arrives, we will not remember. Is that something that you also had to... No, but I did, just because for the fun of it, uh, learn stone speech. Oh, of course, stone speech. Uh, for, for our listeners? So stone speech is uh, House of His Best Kept Secret. It's a language that allows a lot of information to be told in very few words. So with speaking stones, you can only send 24 words at a time, which is very limiting if you're trying to get a lot of information across. So with stone speech, uh, if you're working with a member of the house who understands it and sending it to a member of the house that understands it, you can get a vast amount of information in just those 24 words. Uh, my grandfather was a prime keeper of the stone. While he was there, he and his co-workers would go back and forth, and it just sounded like gibberish. It does to the untrained ear. It honestly does, which I think helps keep it uh, House of Us's best kept secret. Obviously, if you're not a member of the house, I don't think it would be possible for you to even learn or understand it. Would we like to talk about any other aspects of the house? Would, is there anything you'd like to discuss? I, I So I had intended to have the house matron, Doyen Lice Liriman, the civis on with us, but she respectfully declined. Oh, uh, I would like to first and foremost thank everybody who's listening uh, today. I'd also like to remind everybody that it is super easy. Barely an inconvenience. To get into contact with Silas and myself, uh, Meeps, even if you wanted to send Meeps some fan mail, um, you can always send us a gnome mail. Just address it to House Civis Echoer Station. And that is at gmail.com. The G is for gnome. Of course it is. Uh, with that said, you can always go to our community center, and that is Civis echoerstation.com com is for community center of course and you can go there and you can you can go there to find out about all of our echoes details on all of the people that we've had in as well as information on all the articles that we've done at Luffy's Corner all of that is available there finally you can always reach out to us uh, via our comment pads now, next to most of our echoers, there is a little comment pad where if you write a comment, the subscribe will come pick up your comments and bring them to Silas, Meeps, and myself, and we get to read them. I love it when people do little thumbs ups and hearts. Yeah, just, and just those are the things we like. Pictures of pseudo dragons. Absolutely. The like, the like, subscribe, of course. We, we've hit all of that. Now, if anyone else would like to uh, support our show, you can find information about our House Kundrak Patreon account uh, in the description card that the subscribe should put near the echoer. I want to let everyone know that the next portion of the broadcasting, uh, I will not be here. I I'm going to leave because Kevin Capone is in-house, and he and Alufi will be discussing a new project they're working on. And I have other things to attend to. Thank you all so much for listening. We'll be back after this short break.
it, it is it is bigger in here than it was last time. I am truly surprised at that. Without all the stuff in the way, it, it really is a much more spacious. Yeah, I agree entirely. So speaking of our next big project, Tiny Taverns, are you excited? I'm really excited. I'm very excited as well. We've already reached out to, well, let's. Let's, let's start let's with the, the idea. Pitch. Yeah, exactly. Do the pitch. So uh, I, after being on the Echoer system, uh, I, I came into quite a bit of money through different endeavors. And, and so now I have all of this money. And I decided that I wanted to do something that would leave a lasting mark for the city, for Sharn, for myself. And I decided if I can get rich and famous from doing barely a song on the Echoer system, what if I took other people's music and I gave them that opportunity as well? And so I said, I'm going to build a tavern. And I built a tavern. And I didn't plan well. And I didn't budget properly. So it's a smaller tavern than it's supposed it is. It is a tiny little tavern. But people can fit inside it as long as we maintain the occupancy of less than 10. So I thought to myself, well, who do I know that I want to be involved in this project? A Luffy. A Luffy would be great. And I think that it's a wonderful idea. I love music and I love the idea of uh, bringing more musicians from not only Sharn, but around Corvair and possibly the entire world into your tiny tavern and have them transmitted on the Echoer system so that all of Sharn can hear them playing their music. Uh, we will be doing an interview uh, with the band before uh, we play their music. And so I feel like we're going to have a lot of very unique people coming on. And if, you, if you're listening and you do music, come on, please. Absolutely. We'll do whatever we can to make sure you are heard by as many people as possible. I heard that some bards can hit what's called whistle tones. They sound like dog whistles. Can you do that? No. Can you try for me? I'm not going to. Can't even whistle. Nope. Nope. Hang on. There you go. I whistled. You should at least do something for us, though, right? So, do you have something else prepared? I don't. I don't. I don't have another song new. Um, what about one of your older ones? I could. I could do one. I, I guess I could do one from. I could do one from before. Um, yeah, yeah. With the Kyber, why not? One evening in the month of Nim, I was fighting for my nation. I'd grown tired of the pointless war, so I planned a new vocation. I'd laugh and play all throughout the day and while away the hours. I'd meet folks outdoors and give them tours of the city made of towers. And that city made of towers, the laws are just and fair. Where all the guards are quite polite and treat you like an heir. Where the prisons all are empty, and your belly's always full of eggs poached thrice with thrackle spice and stick held meat sold upon the streets in the city made of towers. In that city made of towers, the rain's all full of gin, where every tavern knows your name and cheers as you walk in. Silver sovereigns fill your pockets and the brothels are half-priced. I'll have life again, maybe I'll live ten, where I can say and do all I've wanted to in that city made of towers.
In that city made of towers, there's no need left to toil, no argument or pointless strife to make your blood just boil. They've no need for endless marching, no trenches, gruels, or tents. Oh, I'm gonna be where I'm actually free, where they'll never yell or bark at me in that city made of towers. In that city made of towers, you'll never fight again. Cause everybody that you meet will soon be your new friend. Gargoyles all just carry mail, and minotaurs are sweet. So let's all go there, where the world seems fair, and where it's been said that the dead stay dead, in that city made of towers. Where I'll see you, biscuit too, in that city made of towers. Where I'll see you, Biscuit, too, in that city made of towers. Oh, that was so sweet. Kevin, that was really sweet. And um, I'm really happy you came on again. Well, it has been my pleasure, and I am so excited to be working with you, and I hope everyone will tune in to Kevin Capona's Tiny Taverns. And uh, with that, uh, we are out of time for this week. I hope everybody enjoyed themselves as much as I did. And I'd like to remind everyone to keep an ear out for those echoes of hope. <laughs>